Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Jess. Hello, Elsie. Did I miss my cue? How's it going? Good. How are you? No. Dude, I gave you the cue. You couldn't miss a cue if I said, hi, Jess. Well, that's the idea. <laughs> no cue missing in this place, no, man. No, Because there's two of us. Nada. Correcto. Unless we were just quiet. Quiet. Correcto mundo. Yes. Hello. Yeah. How is everybody? Hello. Everybody is well. Okay. Have you put up your decorations? No. Can you believe it? Yeah. I'm terrible. Well, neither have we. Dude, I, What's I'm wrong terrible. With me? I'm, it, more it is ter- currently I'm more terrible than the you seventh. are. Um, and I did schlep them up from the basement. It was like carrying a dead body. Um, <laughs> it was so big. I bought one of those big red containers last year because I, I had a little tree. I bought a little Hanukkah tree because both my kids were here last year. And um, I'm not putting it up this year because since it's only Isaac... And he's tiny destroyer that I don't want to do a tree with ornaments like that. Tiny destroyer. <clears throat> There's actually a song. Wait, I hope. Mm, this <laughs> is good. Now his latest thing is applesauce. Applesauce. Oh. Everything is applesauce. applesauce. <laughs> 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 yes. Um, I want to find you tiny destroyer because it's a it's a song I accidentally heard on. Um, I accidentally heard it on Pandora and I bought it immediately because it is my child. Oh, um, I'm not wow. sure if I can. But anyway, so yeah, Tiny Destroyer ruins all the things. And then, and so mm. I want to do decorations, but not anything that he can break, destroy. Not because my stuff is so breakable, but ornaments are glass and he'll hurt himself. He'll hurt yes, himself. So a lot of I don't want are. that to yes. happen. Yeah, it even sounds like a. Sorry, it has to. It has a long intro. But it's a pretty tiny destroying entrance. Here he comes down the hall, just a couple of feet tall, but he's a mighty oh wrecking ball. Tiny destroyer. <laughs> oh my god, how perfect is that? That's hilarious. It's his theme song. <gasps> Yes, he, that is his theme. Just wow. a couple of feet tall, but he's a mighty wrecking ball. Tiny oh. destroyer. <clears throat> that's per- that's perfection. And yes, I understand. We have, we don't have, um, I don't have tiny destroyers. And well, May May is still a little bit of a destroyer. Um, although she's probably know, getting she, better. She's a little bit more logical now. She's getting much better. But what we do have uh, uh, fluff balls that are destroyers of Christmas yeah, trees, cats, and yeah. they like and they attack. You know, they like play with the ornaments, and then they jump on the tree, and then they do all kinds of scary stuff with the tree because they're yeah. cats. So what do you do? So do you not do a tree? Well, we do do a tree, but very late, and it kind of drives me bananas to some degree, and then there's another part of me that's like, ah, I don't have to deal with the decorations, but now my girls are like, when are we going to decorate? I'm like, oh, geez. Wait a minute. Why so late with the tree? 
As in, like, December 24th. A lot of people do that, though. The tradition is to do it on Christmas, which I don't understand either. Yeah, so, but we, you know, I don't know. I mean, meh. We have to, it's so Can't sad. Can't you just cut down one in your it. yard like, and so put annoying. it in there? <laughs> I would rather decorate one that's just outside. I think that that would How would you do lights? Fabulous. Would you just run... You're not going to do that. We haven't really ever done lights before. Again, because the cats. Right. <laughs> and um, they eat the cords. They eat cords. Maybe, if, maybe that's the key stuff. to having a few less cats. <laughs> maybe that's the idea. Okay, yeah, so maybe. so what do you do? So you're, you're not into the tree. Any garlands? No, we have nothing. We have nothing. We have the tree. That's our have, decoration. Wait, we have the tree. No, so you haven't done lights in the past. You have some ornaments, I'm assuming. We do have ornaments. They're very beautiful. And we love to do the Christmas tree. But we have nothing. You want else. the other no, things or nothing? No? I would love to, but it's annoying to me. And the other th- and you know what, Jess? It's like the whole I'm so conscious of like buying crappy things that are for Christmas that are made from plastic and that you can buy over at, you know, Walgreens or something mm-hmm. that I, I, all of the decorations, of course, all of the decorations of our tree have been handmade by some person in a third world like country. It's like giving them, you know what I mean? It's giving them back money. It's like they're handmade, they're environmentally conscious, they're, you know, there's like all kinds of like, that's nice. Know, more though. stories behind each thing. So we don't just go and get stuff. That's that's the thing, which I love. Like once I take it out, I'm like, oh, it's oh, remember the oh, wow, everything has a story. But it's not like sometimes I wish I could just go and be like, oh, let's just go buy red bulbs. I want my tree to be red bulbs and you know green triangles, and that's it. And but but I just can't. Well, that's bring a schlocky way to go anyway. But like. Um, the first year that we moved into this house, it was like a nice big house and we could actually afford some kind of holiday decorations. I went to Pier 1 and was there for like three hours picking out like beaded garland and little fuzzy squirrels in the snow and like that's the kind of stuff that I have. I don't have – I mean and then last year because I did have a tree, I went to Target but I picked out <sighs> – frosted blue balls and like i did mostly blue Mm -hmm. i knew that was coming so like frosted blue balls and like some gold and like i still want it to look kind of i mean because the thing is that even if i all of a sudden decide to get a tree and decorate it it can't really be red and green because all my other stuff is blue for hanukkah all the hanukkah decorations are blue they don't make them in other colors so a tree naturally would also be because i'm matchy matchy would also naturally be like blue and white lights. Um, so I, even though not everything I have is, well, nothing I have really is handmade. Um, it's all stuff that I carefully picked out to look seasonally appropriate and pretty and nice and, and like, but not too like tacky. Like my ex-husband was into like the, he wanted a, he wanted a fake tree with lights that were already attached to the tree that like you could have a remote and change the direction and speed to which they were blinking. Like it was terrible. And then also, I, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but my neighbors across the street, which I'm staring at right now have, let me count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight blow up items 
in the yard, a penguin, two penguins fishing on a polar bear, a train spinning in a mini Santa's workshop, an actual Santa in an easy boy chair, Frosty and family, a giant Kris Kringle with like a top hat. Something is sitting on their rock. I can't tell from here. It could be penguins, more penguins. Um, another Frosty with a candy cane. And they're not tiny. They are huge. It's like it's like it's like a cartoon exploded on their front lawn. So yeah. So then the the, also the first year I sent away for little light up dreidels that I could put on my walkway to just sort of be like, so there. (laughs) You know, because like I I just wanted something to put outside. Like I don't. But Hanukkah doesn't really. You don't really do that for Hanukkah. Um, Then I just decided one year, just forget it. I don't even care if it's Christmas or Hanukkah. And I just bought like a ton of white lights. I'm just going to put them up because I think they're pretty. God damn it. I know. I I think lights are are pretty. I mean, that there's something there's there's something amazing. It is a lot of these lights. Do you think I've opened them? That was two years ago. It's a giant like uh, what's the word when you roll stuff up? What do you mean? You, you know, know like, stuff up. like you mean you'll no, wrap it? No, like, it's, like a, you... a, it's a string of lights, but it's so many lights that they're on like a wheel. Okay. I don't know how else to explain it. Wow. It's like you could take the end and walk away and be in Pennsylvania before you stopped. That's what I mean. Before they unroll. Because I wanted to do like the porch and make it look pretty. And then I'm just like, and then, you know, it's cold. And I've never done yeah. it before, so I, and I don't know what I'm doing. Nobody else wants to help me because they're just like, look at the Jew trying to put up lights. And so, oh. yeah, <laughs> I, it doesn't get done. John, maybe John can come over and help me because he's both tall and experienced, whereas no one in this house knows what the F they're doing. Yeah, I'm sure that we could figure no! it out over here, too. Oh, I think oh. that's a no. Um, but we have no... We don't have a plug on the outside of the house. So Randy, even right now when he's doing work on the tiny house, like he has to put the magical, not the magical, the real thick, you know, the orange, super thick like things through the window inside of the kitchen and Mm. and stick it inside of one of the kitchen plugs to run the saw. And it's like, well, no, that ain't going to happen for the outside because it's cold and we have have to close the the window. And one on the back porch, actually, so. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have it's that. Useful. So therefore that it is useful. Makes it. Yeah, so that was like a real obviously we are not the people to come to their house to see how beautifully decorated we it's are. Right. There's no pressure. At least at this moment. That's okay. No, nobody sees. We can just wear Santa Claus hats and be done with it. Or Rudolph hats. This year for Thanksgiving it. we did holiday in pajamas and just watched movies and it was so much fun that we're gonna do it again for Christmas. In fact I need to buy myself a onesie for just such an occasion. There are so many cool onesies yeah, out there now. Like Hold on. They're Plus like a size thing. onesie. Watch. I'll just see like a parachute with a hole in it. <laughs> oh, well, dude, I'm well, kidding. onesies aren't particularly. There's some at Target, Kohl's, Amazon. There's a lot, actually. There's a few. There's yeah, a lot I'm of places with those things on. It's just like I'm just so done with it because every time I would take it off, it would fall in the toilet. Oh, yeah, to to that's true. You're you cold as a naked. mother. You oh, yeah. Na- yeah, you sit on the No, you're right. No that. onesie like, for me. No, no, you're no, right. No, I'm no. going to find just nice, well, what I was talking about last time, pajamas that have, are warm that don't that's right. make me sweat. <laughs> I've been keeping an eye out. Because I have really thick out, fleece so. pants, like blanket pants. But even on the coldest day, like you can't sit on the couch without your tuchus getting a little sweaty. 
because you're wearing a blanket on your skin. It's just weird. Anyway, maybe not you, but me. Well, I don't not agree. Me. I don't agree. I think if you wore these pants, your ass would not be me. like, get me out of here. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not going to, no, I, I, I will take the bet. And because well, it my doesn't matter because these pants aren't even mine. Well. I think they were my, they're, they, I don't know where they came from. They might have been <laughs> Emily's boyfriends and I could fit three Elsie's in them. They're so big. They're not even my size. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, oh, good times. Man. Good oh. times. Good times. So, but I mean, but talking about some holiday stuff that's happening, I want to get you guys into it that, um, you know, Lipson is still holding the free year of hosting oh, every right. Fridays. So uh, uh, you have at least two more times for you guys to uh, figure out if you, not figure out, but at least participate in the drawing. And really, all you have to do is go to the Lipson page at around 11.15 Eastern Standard Time, 11.17 actually, to be exact, uh, over on Facebook. So facebook.com slash Lipson. You can go check that out on Fridays, mm-hmm. only Fridays, up to the last day you know, before uh, the new year. And there is an image that says, promote your latest podcast Mm. episode Uh, within that limit, uh, underneath that image. And that's all. You have to promote it. You have to add a link to the latest episode that you just, that you just published, uh, kind of describe it so people know, you know, what they're listening to. And that's basically the extent of of, of what you need to do. It's, yeah, you just have to promote yourself, which every and then it's been so great because we've had, gosh, we've had at least oh, almost a hundred um, awesome. posts in social media every Friday, and it's amazing because people are really finding new podcasts. So even if you don't win a free year of hosting, you get to find out about all of these great podcasts out there. People get to find out about yours, so it's a win-win no matter what. And just do it. You can win up. We're going to be um, giving away three. A free year of hosting um, hosting accounts to somebody randomly chosen. So uh, do it. And I'll put a link in the show notes again with all the information. But literally, it's the easiest thing ever. We wanted to make it easy for you. Uh, that is all. And also, you guys, Podfusion is coming up. We just did an interview with Dave. Oh. Man, he <laughs> was ready. We just did an interview with Dave Jackson. With that one, wasn't he? He was re- <laughs> just ready to go. Yes, he was ready. So, so on, on it. it. We did an interview with Dave Jackson about Podfusion that's going to be coming out very, very soon. So you guys, go check it out. Shepodcasts.com slash Podfusion. It's our one-day event that's happening in February. You guys need to show up. It's going to be an incredible, incredible time. If you want to get $70 off the entire uh, Podfusion slash Podfest event, uh, use the coupon code SHEPODCASTS as you check out. And we cannot wait to hear from you it's gonna be really fun so exciting definitely check out the um pod fest chronicles though because it really i think helps people understand what the heck we're gonna do that day which maybe we haven't done exactly it's gonna be a job of doing so far no but we we're probably gonna bring it we're gonna be doing it better a better thing here very soon but anyway um the news are you ready for some news (laughs) i was thinking about the news could i harmonize you Maybe should oh, for I know. the podcaster. Podcasting news. Oh my gosh! So okay, uh, remember how we talked about the radio? Yes, and in fact, since then, it's been like everywhere. I can't. In fact, we talked about it, and then like um, I mean, I feel it's like it's been a month, but like maybe not. But like 
definitely the week or two after we talked about it, Scott was like, there's this amazing new app. And I'm like, I know. And he's like, and you can. And I'm like, I know. I reported on it two weeks ago. Thank you very much. Well, so here's the, here's my my contention with this, my point of contention. Oh, dear. This, here we go. If it, and, you know, if like, I know, dear, here we go. But if Scott's been using it, good for him. I've I didn't tried, say he was using it. And it I said he told me, me about it tried. and told me the stuff he oh. could do. I didn't say he used it. I oh. I doubt it. Okay. Well, because so here's here's the issue with that. Not mind you, I have been corresponding back and forth with their support team because I of course want, you have because because I really want to engage with it. I want to see the possibilities. I I thought that you know what this to me sounds like it's got more potential than anything else that has been created thus far. So I wanted to engage with it. Go, I go all out, meaning I want to listen to my podcast with it. I wanted to mm-hmm. import my feeds into it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to just, you know, do what I would do normally. Right. The problem is that at this point, it stays open for exactly half a second before it crashes. Boo. And it has been doing that now for about three weeks. And thus, I have been corresponding back with their support team. Say? And I've been I'm just saying, like, this is what's happening, and then is it just the guy, your phone? Is the guy like, it's just you, Alfie? No, actually, he he contact like the last correspondence that I had with them was possibly about a week ago because I had an issue importing my OPML file, which is basically the file that holds all of my podcasts, right? The subscription, so you don't have to manually do it. You import it; it automatically sees the podcast that you like because it's based. Supposedly, rate with the reason that Radio Public is so amazing is that the more you use it, it's sort of like Netflix. It starts to 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 give you other podcasts that might align with the kind of stuff that you like to consume. And I thought I want to see what the algorithm is according to the stuff that I'm consuming right now. Mm-hmm. The problem is again, I imported the OPML. He helped me out with that, and then I said, "Hey, dude, I got the OPML in there. I got all my shows in there, and it, it's and it stayed open exactly for two seconds before it crashed. I uninstalled it. I reinstalled it. It's still happening. I didn't hear from him from like for a week and a half, and then he just emailed me back the other day, and he said, "Hey, we've just put out a new update, which which could." You know, hopefully it solves a lot more of the crash situation and whatnot. Give it a go. And I was like, oh, cool. So then I just gave it a go. And sadly, it does not. It still crashes upon opening. And I emailed him back and I said, I'm sorry, it's not working. But at the Mm. same time, like, I'm still sitting back waiting. It's just that this is what drives me bananas. They're getting so much press right now. And and a, a lot of press in a lot of different places. And it's exciting a lot. And people are reporting on it. You know, Nick Waugh reported on it. But what happens with a lot of these apps is that we share it, meaning, you know, you and I are talking about it. Let's say somebody puts it up in one of the Facebook groups. Tons of websites report on it because of the, you know, things that are being said about the app and and, uh, interviews and whatnot. But nobody's really actually trying to use the app. Well, that's ridiculous. Is it not? You know, well, uh, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, in the She Podcast group, it was like, hey, guys. And then and then they will share a link to the app and every or, or to a, an article written about the app. Oh, look, and everybody is going to go, oh, that sounds really interesting. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. And excitement. Yay. <laughs> but yeah. um, <laughs> but no one is going like what She Podcast went out there, like She Podcaster went out there and we're like, oh, I'm going to go download that app and see and consume my content there now. Right. Nobody's going to do Nobody. that. That's right. Except for me, of course. 
But <laughs> because I want to change that, I I want to give an, an like an honest opinion. I don't want to regurgitate what the press is saying about this app because the possibilities are fantastic. I'm glad that I can do all these things if it doesn't crash. Right. But I'm going to be. Um, I'm still going to be playing around with it because, again, the potential is great. So hopefully they'll get this stuff set up or or fixed. Maybe what? Maybe March. <laughs> I mean, one can only hope. <laughs> so, so anyway, that's that's it. Oh, um, that's kind of a shame. It Boo. is a shame. I think it's hilarious when people report on stuff, but then don't actually. It's kind of like saying like all those rumors when someone's dead. Yeah, and like you're the only one that's like he's not dead. He, I just saw him walking across the street. He's right there. Everyone's like he's dead. Hold the funeral. What do we do? It's about you know they're like it's the best thing ever, and you're like no, but wait though, no one's touched it but me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think that that's that's the issue here. Uh, but and then actually that brings us to another little bit of news here that um, this is huge happening right now as we're recording on December 7th. You guys won't get this until next week somewhere. I forgot that December 10th. I don't know when we're releasing this. Um, and But but uh, Tinder yeah. uh, has launched a new app. Thank God. A, a new, sorry, podcast. A new audio program. Oh. Sorry. Still, sorry. Tinder launches God. a new podcast backed by Dating Data. So it seems like they hired Gimlet to uh, create this new podcast. It's a branded audio program. So it's along the lines of, you know, uh, some of the other ones that have been out there, like GE has done one of these things, you know, um, Mm -hmm. eBay, stuff like that, that they've been creating. We've reported on all these shows as well in the past where it's not necessarily, hey, Tinder, it's about Tinder and we'll talk Tinder. It's they're really... uh, doing something, I guess, more on the narrative scope of things. Um, And it's everywhere. I mean, all over the podcasting news space, Tinder has a new app, Mm -hmm. a new podcast. But I would like to talk about it from a a kind of like a different perspective because these large companies right now are investing upwards of, I would say, $15,000 to create Mm -hmm. these podcasts for them. Um, high end, you know, narrative style, and it's negotiative, you know, to to be a, a pretty substantial investment on creating content that at this moment, you know, is the cool thing to do mm-hmm. for companies. Now, my question is, do you think that these companies will be kind of burnt out on investing so much money on this new cool thing that is doing podcasts, branded content? Oh, my God, audio is so cool and not have the type of ROI that they that they would have imagined would have. I mean, don't you think it depends on how creative their content is? Because, like, there's a lot you can do with Tinder to make it interesting. And so many users mean crazy large audience already. So, but then what is their yes, ROI? But, but so then what about- is their ROI exactly? Because obviously it's not going to be sponsorship because that would just be dumb. It's more users. No, it's actually getting more well, people to use Tinder, I would I don't assume. Know. More users. In that case. But what what do you think the and ROI is for GE? People, you, I mean, it's kind of like Kleenex, isn't that's it? That's true. It's sort of like knowing, I think they're uh, kind of like an industry leader for being top of mind. You know, when people think about, um, hey, I need a new, I need a new appliance. And the first one that comes into mind is GE. I think that that kind of, it's sort of like taking that, the mind share of people 
around something like that is what they're paying for, for, for GE. And for, I think that it's also evoking, I understand. I mean, I understand what they're trying to do. And I guess, I guess my biggest question also is, is revolving around the impact that a company wants to have and being able to create an impactful podcast. Does it merit you investing upwards of $15,000? Can you do right? Or can you have, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure because I think that it can be done for much less. Hmm. And you can have the same type of, of, of impact. Am I wrong about that? What do you think? I don't think that they would trust a show that they didn't have to invest more in. But I agree with you. But that okay. doesn't mean I so don't agree with you. Yeah. Right. I guess. So like yeah, I have ahead, a new consulting client that it's a nonprofit organization. They're in New York City. The main host of the show is a relatively famous comedian. They have other comedian um, people people that pop in and out. And like I met them in New York City when I was at um, She Leads and we started talking about the podcast and I was she was just like, Oh, well the person who's editing our show isn't even an editor. She's more of a um video production person. She just does it because she was the only person I knew to do the audio. And I'm like, Oh, great, how much is it? Five hundred dollars an episode. I was like, What are you talking about? You're paying two thousand dollars for her just to take out your ums and ahs? Are you out of your ever loving mind? But they just <laughs> pay whatever and i think that big brands are doing the same right. thing like they don't know how much it is to pay talent i mean there is a standardized rate sheet out there now for a producer or on-air talent or whatever but that doesn't mean that anybody has to go with it i mean like okay like uh what's her name katherine keener is doing that new branded show who made up what her salary is going to be who the who knows? I mean, right. wouldn't $200 an episode feel a little small, though? I mean, she's a pretty well-known name. So you just kind of have to, like, make it up. And so I think, I don't know, like, if Tinder's, if they poured in $15,000, I mean, you just think about, I don't know, is mid-roll, doesn't mid-roll, they're creating their own content. How much do you think they're pouring into that? And they are, like, yes. I mean, they know tons of independent podcasters that have just happened to grow big enough to work with them. It doesn't matter. They're still going to spend $50,000 in production on these shows. Who knows why? And then on the other hand, it's kind of like advertisers too. Like if I tell them it's $1,000 and an agency tells them five, they'd rather pay the five. I don't know why. It makes no right. sense. You're right. I think that there's something to be said with, with that. It's, something about money it's the and numbers it's and, it's, and it's, it's kind of... How much do you yeah, value it? It's the perception. Yeah. And it, it also it's also the perception well, of value. Right. And I guess I understand I understand that concept. And I think that um, I guess I'm talking to our audience members that, you know, the impact that your podcast has is not equal to the amount of money that you're paying for it. Meaning if you're if you are the, the sole person that's behind the microphone and you are totally strapping it like, you know, it's like the five dollar account on Libsyn. Um, you've got like the one microphone and you're putting your stuff out there and that's about the extent of it. You're not outsourcing anything. You're doing everything yourself. So bootstrapping all the way up to, um, you know, an entrepreneur of sorts, like, a, you know, somebody that's online that is, you know, uh, hire somebody like Jessica Rhodes 
to get their, you know, interview connections and whatnot out there and has an editor and are investing somewhere between, I don't know, $300 to $1,000 a month for these services to get their podcast out there. The impact that that podcast has isn't really about the money that you invest in it. It's really about the content that is in it. And and that whenever I start to see conversations around this, you know, I would like to get on the, I would like to be one that's being paid, you know, $15,000 per episode or whatever obnoxious amount of money it is. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'd be totally in for it. But at the same time, the message that's put out there isn't um, what I want the totality of what a podcast is capable of doing to, to be. I don't know if that was yes, clear at but all. you it's know, just, when we very first started talking about the procast I, podcasting. I always compare it to. I just feel like it helps people understand better when I compare it to television. So it's sort of like YouTube right. videos versus network shows. Like, yes, they're going to invest in set and lighting and cast and sound and production people and social media people and marketing people because it's a network television show. Whereas like, yes, anyone can turn on their camera and do something similar or just as good or probably funnier on their own, but they're just two separate things. And so Tinder, it's not the same as what we do. It's never going to be the same as what we do. So like, yeah, all right. Invest your money in it. I mean, it'll be your professionally produced, whatever slick sounding, um, radio type show. I guess it's not going to be what we do, and that's all right, isn't it? I mean, it would certainly be more interested if no, interesting right. if Tinder users just got on there and talked about their terrible Tinder experiences. That would be a funny show. That would be a great yeah. show. But we can still do that show for free. Uh, we can still, but, but okay. But see, here's the other. I know that's that's hilarious. No, and again, that's kind of what I want to get to because for me, when I'm when I'm speaking from, it's not this whole pro procaster versus you know indie podcaster thing that we're talking about here. I was talking just s- simply about the impact your voice has in the world that it that it can have an equal amount mm. of impact to your listeners. Ver- whether it's a $15,000 investment or whether it's a $5 or to $10 investment that you made once. So, which takes me to the next um, article here that I love. And this is something that... But I do have an answer for that. So I worked in Subaru corporate headquarters and there were many times when, you know, they were trying something out with the Share the Love campaign or the this or the that. And you float an idea in a team meeting and they say, yes, let's get some research on that and figure that out. I mean, at no point in the meeting are you able to go, well, I know a guy that does SEO. That's never going to happen. You're not going to be able to get Subaru to do SEO unless you can find an SEO um, specific marketing agency like they almost can't it's like you can't even float it and then be like i know a freelancer that does this you you can't it's like it's ridiculously unheard of so uh, if somebody has the idea in tinder to do a podcast you can't be the person in the meeting to go i know this great audio editor who does a hundred bucks an episode i mean they'd laugh at you they would laugh right in your face that you'd have to yeah. say, like, I know a guy who works at CBS radio, or maybe we can get this audio production company to cover it. Or, you know, I mean, like, maybe 
you know, I mean, they'll look for professional voiceover artists. You can't just be like, I'll make a good host. That'll never fly. It would never fly. No, but I, that's that's not what I'm talking about. I'm, ta- I'm talking about the end product. I'm talking the impact with the audience. But I'm just I'm saying there, the it doesn't matter if do the it. impact is about- the same no matter what. You, you are correct again. It doesn't, But it doesn't matter because in those meetings in larger companies, they're not talking necessarily about, well, how can we spend the least and get the most impact? They're saying, well, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. Who's Where are the companies going to help us do this correctly? Right. And I mean, impact is secondary because content is meant to drive sales sorry boo who is but which is taking me well no but now we're okay so we're going to talk about the next article which is a little bit more on the potential of of what i'm talking about so um there's this lovely this lovely thing that um brx has which is the podcast garage um and so it's a local basically what it is a podcast garage it's like a it's a it's a you know you a place you can go in there you rent it out as a podcaster or as an audio person you do your recordings in there it's sort of like i i believe there's an element of of having it be a co-op of types like you could be a member of the garage and um you kind of pay a monthly fee and you have a certain amount of you know things that you get when you go over there so you have the opportunity to create and use this incredible audio work and have people there that are going to be supporting you in your journey so anybody can actually use this but um which is awesome but what they've been doing too is that they've kind of come into um a relationship with uh sixth graders from a, a Gardner Pilot Academy in Alston, which is in the same place as where the garage is. And what they've been doing is that these little sixth graders are using podcasts to capture stories, right? And it's so awesome that these little kids have basically what what happened is this they had a field trip they went over to the podcast garage the people at the podcast garage basically said hey check it out look at what you can do fancy equipment look at all this fun stuff you can record this and that and this and that and they gave them examples and then when they went back um to their school the teacher was like why don't we all create these stories right so brilliant I know. And so then the kids got an opportunity to to tell a story that impacted them. So they chose the material for themselves. And it went from something like that were really poignant stories, which involved violence to things, something like, you know, the best present that they got or whatever. But they got an opportunity to create the story themselves. They wrote it. They recorded it. They edited it. They redid it. They found out what worked and what didn't work. And I just think that that kind of stuff is so amazing because look at all the things the kids learned already about, you know, that's like true education. It's an immersive sort of, it's everything. They had to think it up, think it up. They had to write it down. They had to edit the thing. They had to talk it out. They had to use the tech. They had to u- help with each other. And uh, how amazing is that? It's amazing. But is your point is that it's better than the Tinder podcast? No. My point is that when you were talking about before, is like, well, do, isn't it just to drive sales? And I said, 
No, it's about impact. So this is all about impact. This isn't really to drive sales, although people will really want to go use the garage now because it's gotten so much in the news and you'll see that there's a possibility to do this. But the other thing is that I guess the the impact that this could have is to have other schools participate in things like this and empower more students and, and give more students the voice or the ability to have the skills to express themselves in this way, which I think is brilliant. So that's my point. I 100% agree. I think that would be amazing. I think every corporate culture is different. And I think shit rolls downhill. So like, if somebody up there is like, we got to get into this podcasting thing, we have to do it as soon as possible. Um, we have to drive sales, we're failing, we're, we're flailing, then they're going to do whatever they take to drive sales. And in this case, their purpose was something different. And maybe they just happened upon it. And like, there's lots of there's lots, I think, of of big brands that are at least considering like Glamour, right? Or what was that podcast, um, What She Wore? Yeah, it was a Glamour. Yeah, yeah. That's just glamour. going to, mm-hmm. I mean, it's sort of like a soft sell. You're naturally going to want to, you know, if you listen to that show, be more of a voracious reader than you were before. Um, and even if not, you'll still have a more positive attitude towards the brand itself and so on and so forth. I mean, there's just two different kinds of marketing people, two different kinds of marketing agencies, two different kinds of corporate cultures, and some are very hard-nosed sales and numbers-oriented, and some are, how can we impact the community in a positive way that, oh, yeah, might increase our sales? That's just two schools of thought, I guess, right? Yeah, no, it is. And I think that what my con- all the conversation that I want to have is is around – the cultural impact of 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 this and the edge and the actual not necessarily anything to do with brands or anything to do with companies but to understand like i guess the next step for something like this would be for me to say to to this if i were as i'm reporting on this right now you don't need to have the garage to empower your students this way teachers you all or all of your kids have at least one smartphone in their faces there can be access to a computer and you guys can put something like this together at in your own classroom. You can start to do this kind of work where the student understands how to put narrative together, how to tell their own stories, how to get their voices out there, minus an actual studio or to do it in this one way. Because I think podcasting is about the independent voices getting out there and the fact that you yeah. can do it without all the fancy stuff. I agree. That would be the next level for me. Even though I love the fact that the garage exists, I think it's fantastic. But the truth be told, that's like a there's one in the United States, right? Or maybe two. I wonder how many teachers listen to our show. I don't know. But they can do this, you know, and and I guess part of it is that especially with the amount of, okay, going to libraries right now, a lot of libraries have iPads. uh, And and even if it's not iPads, they have some kind of computer or some kind of tablet available for kids to use. And I know this because we go to the library all the time. Even having a program at a library where they can start to create audio programs like this would be incredible. In fact, the majority of libraries open, uh, I mean, offer programs like this for people to come in. They just had one on our library where it was like kind of recycling t-shirts and making them into bags, which was super cool. And the only thing you had to do was bring a t-shirt 
And they would also give you a t-shirt if you didn't have one there, which is just fabulous. They have all of these things, all of these programs. So even though, you know, here that they're working with conjunction and, you know, Harvard is involved with this and this academy and the garage and there's money going back and forth because there's also investment in creating programs like this. You don't need that. You can actually just, you can do it. You have everything you have already. Most of us do. And I guess that's that's my uh, thing, that you don't need all that stuff. And it is important for us to start to teach our students or uh, especially about how to um, positively impact social media and even social activism by sharing your voices with what you already have. And you don't need the fancy computers and the fancy microphones I just to had do a it. harrowing thought and, and it's definitely going <laughs> to pee in your cornflakes, but no. it's a question for you. Oh, this is a lovely, okay. encouraging, positive, and supportive speech from someone <laughs> who has literally not dealt with a public school system in 20 years. So let me just ask you this. Who's going True. to teach the teachers how to use the computer and the iPad and the microphone and the uh, other stuff? And what percentage of those teachers do you think know how to even that. work their own cell phone properly? It's low. I know. I guess yeah, that's like, it's low. I know. Low. But you know what? I mean, there's also, and, and I guess it's because of the education, you know, where we, we're going right now to kind of supplement the homeschooling that we have. I can pitch a class like this for the program that we have. I can pitch a class like this. There, These kids will be open to it. The parents will be open to it. I don't have to deal with the school system. Even the teachers our and, age, though, don't know how to do it. Oh, totally. They never know how to go to Boss Jock or Garage Band. Like, they know how to teach second grade or whatever. True. I mean, there could be you know, bits and pieces. But, but the idea is out there. The idea is out there. And I think part of it is that, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I would really love to do, to be able to help the students do that. And, and and part of it is like, let's get the teacher out of it because the kids will figure it out so much faster. I mean, my girls have figured out how to start to make movies by themselves with my little, you know, old iPhone. They're creating their own stuff already. And I haven't said anything to them about any of this stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, I understand what you're talking about. In fact, somebody just put up a, a, a link on the she, in the She Podcast group about the harrowing statistics around people using the internet or using computers that it's pathetic. So I didn't read the article. I just read the headline and she, she made a really great point. I don't even know who it was. I'm not going to go in there and to look for it right now, but you're right. It's an amazing idea, but they, but I don't think teachers, I just, you know, part of the reason Elsie and I work well together is that she has these amazing ideas and like in life, I'm the dream killer. I'm Jessica dream killer Cupperman. <laughs> she That's is a dream do. cleaner. She does do the dream cleaner stuff, which because I actually I'm, appreciate very much. Yeah. I mean, well. somebody has to come up and sweep up behind all your unicorn dust and go, well, <laughs> who's going to do this? How will it work? Where will it happen? How will it be? What are the semantics? What if it's a disaster? You know, my job in life, I, I mean, because even as a web designer, like even as a marketing person is just, you know, my job is to sort of figure out like the semantics of how it's all going to be best optimized. And I guess the point is like I'm sitting here thinking about all the teachers that Emily and Nathan have had. They're now 18 and 20. And I can think of maybe. No, I don't even think I can think of any that would know 
first of all, they would even come up with an idea this creative. Second of all, have the passion to execute it. And third of all, know how to work any equipment. Yeah. And it, well, mind you, I actually work, you know, just like in that, that's when you start to get your nonprofits together and things like that. I worked for East LA Classic Theater in, mm-hmm. uh, in East LA for uh, three seasons. And, you know, the, the whole concept around that was the fact that we went into East LA schools. We created a, it was a Shakespeare show, but that it was all like really fun, localized, diverse, you know, so it was like, you know, Romeo and Juliet was set in a specific time frame for um, the majority of like Latino or Spanish speakers with their culture, with their accents, um, you know, all all that kind of stuff with funky music and things like that. But the other, the learning aspect of it was that they got a chance to see the the show. But then afterwards, there was a component that was like a 13-week program where we would go into the schools every Wednesday or what, I, I don't know, once a week. I would go into an East LA school. I had a partner. So it was like two of us would work together with the set of um, 13 year olds. And we had uh, a curriculum that we followed that was playwriting. And we would start from the beginning. We followed this curriculum all the way to the end. And at the end, the students would put in, they, w- they would create a play. Um, so they gave us everything. They gave us the tools for everything. They gave us the theater games that we were to play, the exercises for every week. It was all so week to week. It was set up. We would go in for an hour. We would leave. That's it. That's what we would do. We were paid for that. So that was one of the things that was um, the ability to do this. So you can create a program. It's just that obviously East LA Classic Theater was was the program. Um, the, the, the person at the helm was the one that pushed this out. The, the, the schools would say, yes, I would like to have this happening in my school, then we would pick the people that would go in there and do this because we would also have training. We would show up and be trained. We would actually have to do the entire curriculum ourselves. We would then get the skill set. We would be broken down into partners and we would do this. And every season or every semester, we would choose, we would go to a different school. Um, was it a challenge? Uh, yeah. Going to East LA and teaching playwriting to 13-year-olds, not an easy thing whatsoever. No, of course not. But it was very, very rewarding for the one or two that actually heard what we were teaching. What, what, you know, because it was essentially, it was, it was what I'm talking about now. Essentially, that's the program. It's keeping, giving them a voice, being, having them create a narrative, having them tell their stories and all that stuff. Essentially, it was that. But um, it, it was, it was challenging. I mean, 13 year olds don't want to have anything to do with this kind of stuff. Zero. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, it was challenging, but at the same time, I wouldn't change that experience is incredible. The way that we did reach a couple of students here and there was amazing. And maybe I wouldn't think 13 year olds, maybe I would start a little younger, maybe like nine, 10, 11 or something like that before the, they get jaded or even later when they're older, a little bit older because mm-hmm. that age group is tough. But I'm saying that the ability to do a program or create a program around this is, is doable. It's just that it's a full, it's basically a full-time job. Right. I know, you know, you have to do all the stuff. So anywho, yeah, and that I hear you. brings me to, um, our, my personal tip for today. Elsie's tool tip. So it's not a physical tip. It's actually a tip that kind of draw, dives into the this whole conversation that I've been having about impact because I've been needing information. And so basically, 
what I'm saying to all of you guys that if you need to connect with an expert on something, search for podcasts. Meaning if you need a lawyer, (laughs) if you need a doctor, if you need a dentist, if you want to know what kind of therapy you need, if you want to know about health insurance, if you want to know how to, you know, I don't know, something about how to sell your house, what are the best things of, of, in terms of real estate, how to sell your car, um, stuff like that. Look for experts about this industry and search and see if you can find a podcast talking about this. Because yeah. you will get so much information, oh my God, about this stuff that you didn't even know that was even out there. Sometimes it's so much a, a richer experience than finding an article about something than about than people talking about exactly what you're looking for. So um, I just needed to find some information, and I found this podcast that I'm going to talk about right now. And and and, and the thing is, it's like. It's not, and the reason I'm talking about impact is because it served an, an incredibly powerful purpose for me. And it was, it's not a high end podcast. It's not something that's coming from WNYC. It's not something that somebody paid $15,000, but it's an incredibly amazing, impactful piece of, of audio that's out there. It's the lawenforcement.social. And you can go to lawenforcement.social. It's the Law Enforcement Social Media Podcast. It is run by police officers in, in, um, uh, L- like in the L.A. Talk. area. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like corner tech. Yeah, but it's like with police officers. And um, they really kind of like focus a lot on, as of now, their fo- their act- the podcast is actually now focusing more on teaching law enforcement how to use social media. But... So I'm basically empowering their own peeps. But at the same time, they also have experts in fields that are addressing issues that are come around social media, best practices, law breaking thing, you know, breaking laws or how to be safe online, privacy issues, um, all kinds of stuff like that. And they have a wait a minute. Now I know why we're talking about this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's like it's been really, really awesome because they really make it accessible they give you based the laws they give you stuff that you can really it's not like well i think that this would be one of the best things that you could do it's like this is what the penal code in california says about x y and z this is the number this is what it says i can and you're like oh cool beans i can you know yeah i don't know that it. i mean this is really awesome you sound very positive about it um both my not both mostly my daughter has been involved in cyberbullying for years little things here and there about people's posting mean things about her and saying derogatory stuff about her and um you know regardless of what the raw say it always feels so hopeless because you can't really jail someone for like tweeting or th- well, i mean it just feels it feels really hopeless and p- part of that is again the school system and part of it also is that, like, this is awesome that they have all these resources. But, again, there, I feel like there's so few cops that know how to deal with it. Exactly what his their, his platform is. You know, that's what his that is exactly is to teach what this them, is about. Right, but exactly. And how so, do we and, get them to the listen is, to it? <laughs> the question. Well, I think that that's exactly what – that's not necessarily a problem for that podcast. That's a problem for the majority of podcasters. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because that's what, you know, so it's not about, it's I true. think that there's a there's an element of us 
not sitting back and going like, well, the person that should be listening to this isn't going to listen and being all like, oh, I'm so disappointed. I'm not saying but that, really but how do we just get well, more? Well, I think that part of it is is me talking about it. It's It's getting somebody in your court to talk about or to share your content because because it's impacted them. That has a lot more clout than you putting out a tweet and being able to get something out there. How did I find out about this podcast? Because I reached out to our community, basically, people, key people that I know and that have perhaps more um, uh, insight into social media, things like this. And um, Nicola Bood, uh, she actually told me, like, check this article out where she was actually on the show. She was on episode 22, which is a very, very informative show for that, if you guys want to check it out. And she was on the show as a lawyer with another woman, and I think three other cops. And they just, they, you know, they just kind of talked a lot about um, online safety for women and all kinds of stuff like that. But she's the one that shared it to me. And then just sharing an article or basically the show notes for the show gave me all of these other police officers that are working specifically in social media and at basically going into cyberbullying and online harassment and families staying safe and all of these hashtags that I didn't even know existed and that they're present. You know, they're present. There is a police presence there. They care. They understand. How did I did not know this? So, yeah, maybe not all. Yeah, they Absolutely. care. No, I know they but care. Can... I just, I'm not sure they, they're so equipped to know how to deal with it. And also, I think most people who are being harassed digitally don't feel like it's worth calling the police because they feel like they're in immediate danger, but they're not technically in immediate danger. So they know. So they think. Right. So it's like, unless someone's standing in your front line, what can a cop actually do? Yeah. And also, and and I think that also the question arises too, and actually Nicole talked about this as well. She was saying like, you know, if you're doing, it's sort of like she was asked the question point blank, like if somebody is being harassed in a specific state, but the harasser is in a completely different state, who, who files the charges? Like who, who's in charge? You know, what, which one, right? And she was like, I don't know, because especially if you're doing something like online businesses right now, if you're doing business online, then what states, what rules do you do apply to you? Yeah. Well, so that's right? why as a business this is a great site for so, that, for sure. Ex- exactly. So it's really good because it just furthers the conversation. But anyway, I think the impact that that's making, regardless of the quality, you know, meaning like the narrative podcast thing, it's still creating an impact. And it, it is a, a powerful impact that and of this information that's coming out um, just for them getting together and doing it. Fish Nerd's got an interesting email today telling him oh, really? that they found the last few episodes of his podcast offensive and therefore they were canceling his show. Oh. And and it was like I signed by this. the podcasting commission or something like like who was it signed by? Hold on, I think he I think he put it in podcast movement. Where was it? Well, actually, this it, it was actually um, also written um, to Daniel Lewis well, that's from the Audacity podcast that he actually got the same email. Wait, I didn't get to see that. Hold on. He didn't put. Oh, uh, here's the uh, message. Daniel. Okay. No, he didn't comment. Okay. He actually did not comment. So, yeah. Can I read it, though? Because it's so funny. Wait, can let me? Well, ahead, I know, but this is even. Can I? Well, can yeah, I read it? Yeah. Can I read it? This is this is the one that was sent to Daniel Lewis. Okay, this is this was sent to Daniel Lewis. Let me just say that again. Daniel from the Lewis, who has his okay. own network called the Noodle MX Network yes. and has like fifteen shows yes. on it. Go ahead. Okay, here we go. 
Hello, Gareth. (laughs) (laughs) It's already funny. (laughs) I hope you are well. Unfortunately, Uh, I do not bring good news today. Fortunately, with the number four in there. Yeah. I regret to announce that as of today, we have chosen to cancel your podcast. There will not be any further episodes of the Audacity Wait, podcast. Wait, is it all one word? Like, so Fish Nerds is one word Fish Nerds with a capital F. No, it's actually okay. written out. The Audacity okay. the podcast. We understand this may come as a shock to you. <laughs> unfortunately. unfortunately un, no, unfortunately. Yeah. Some of the content in the last few episodes has been unacceptable to us and offensive. We are therefore left with no choice but to discontinue. No E. Yes. Yes. Left with no choice but to discontinue your podcast as of immediately. (laughs) I hope you understand why we have had to make this difficult decision. And we wish you the best of luck with further ventures going forward. Yours sincerely, Alex. (laughs) Alex. Is that what it said? (laughs) Yeah. What is their deal? I don't know. But if you guys got that letter, obviously not. Nobody can cancel your podcast, dude, which is what well, I so... wrote. <laughs> to, to the Fish Nerds guy. Yeah, so the Fish Nerds guy got it. And obviously he's like, this came from the podcast authority. I don't recall having an agreement with them or submitting my feed to them. Anyone here have any interactions? And you said, this is a thing. Aren't you happy that you're the boss? But like <laughs> of your own well, yeah. podcast, it sounds like a scam. Yeah. I don't understand what they could be after. That's Steve Stewart. Unless you're the thing is like, are there links? I don't know. There's no call to action. No links. He said no. Clay said there's no link. No links attached whatsoever. Yeah. So what would be the purpose of just <laughs> emailing podcasters and and pretending to cancel their shows. I cannot, I yeah, literally cannot and to, think of one reason why that would be good for anybody. And also, what's with the wrong name? Hello, Gareth. Well, that's... What? <laughs> that's in <laughs> Gareth's case. But like in in, in, in in Clay's case, though, I think they got it right. His name's Clay, and I think okay, it was Clay. well, that's just lame. I think, I well, think. whatever. But still, though. Yeah, it says hello, Clay. And also, just to let you know, I know it will freak you all out, but dude, you own your podcast. Nobody can cancel your podcast. Just to let you guys know out there listening, no one can cancel your show, which is why it's so awesome to podcast that you own your show. No one can say you can't have it. Nobody can discontinue your podcast unless they discontinue it in their own ears. I just don't understand. Then they can do that. Neither do I, but whatever. Zero links. Maybe they're trying to establish some kind of authority, but why? I can't get past the mystery. I can't. And 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 also past the lack of uh, spelling. Well, I mean, if you're going to be authoritative, it is best to spell things correctly. That's my yes. It is best in trying to be an authority. Yes, which I don't have a lot of. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm a bossy lady for sure, dude. All right. But anyway, so if you guys know the mystery or have gotten this, do let us know. Yeah. Um, and because I'm it's even Googling weird. it. And, and I can't. I can't even Google scared. it. 
Don't don't Alex. get scared. So, but but now let's go into. We, we have to okay, wrap this okay. up here very soon. But now let's go over to the weird and wild show of the week. Yeah, because I found one that I thought that you would totally oh boy. do, Jess. Um, oh my god, it's hilarious. I haven't. I actually haven't heard it either. Again, guys, I'm just reporting. So I found this on the Guardian, and the title of of this article is um, "Terrible." Thanks for for asking. Podcasting's first real life weepy. <laughs> So um, it basically is, you know, around the concept of um, somebody asking you how you're doing, and then you basically tell them the truth. And that wait, is let's practice. So you don't Can like practice? Go, oh, everything's fine. Well, can- <laughs> no, because I don't want to practice. I kind of don't want to talk about how this, you're doing. This, uh, no, I don't want to talk about how I'm doing because I don't want to talk about it. I'd rather do it on a... No, I'm just kidding. I can talk about it at some other point. But oh let's talk about what it starts off with here. Look at this. Nora McKinney's podcast begins with the death of her partner from brain cancer. Oh. Her clever, witty words are guaranteed to make you cry on your commute. So basically, it's a downer. So far. It actually... <laughs> um, yeah. So far, it's a big old downer. So basically, in the last couple of uh, paragraphs here, it says, The way McKierney talks about grief is refreshing. She will make you cry on your commute. Her words are always clever, often witty, and sometimes matter-of-fact. Not to totally bum you out, but you're going to get through some something hard in life, she says. The message is clear. Don't pretend you're fine. Talk about it. Terrible things for asking is not all about death. There is divorce, jealousy, and more of the uncomfortable stuff mm-hmm. to come. She says, um, I only cry 60% of the episode, says McKerney. If the first few are anything to go by, the listener's sob rate might be near to 100%, but that's okay. So if you want to cry. Are you terrible? Thanks for asking. Subscribe to terrible. Thanks are you terrible? for asking. Says, yeah. me? Are you talking to me? Well, I have lots of things that are happening right now that are particularly that are not making yeah. me happy. Yeah. That are terrible. Yeah. I'm trying to think if yeah. I'm terrible. If so um, how I was doing what. Terrible but, I mean, is a strong word. Well, terrible is a strong word, but it's not terrible as in like my life sucks. There's a lot of internal turmoil that's happening in my life right now that is of a personal nature that has nothing to do with my immediate family. Yes, I would, I would my, probably you know, describe you know I mean? my headspace so, as exactly that. I don't even think I could repeat yeah, it. So but it's if somebody like, were to say, how are you doing? I don't think the appropriate answer is I'm kind of annoyed that my body is aging. My hair is too short. Something's going off my skin. I'm pretty sure I need to go to the doctor, but I'm not. But for so many different things, I don't know where to start. And all of it is probably either hormonal right. or aging. Fine. How are you? Right. And and get deeper into that. I mean, I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's further. Like the, we're exhausted. The, yeah. but, my no, but, skin is dry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I like feel lots overwhelmed of stuff, so and unmotivated anyway. all at the same time. <laughs> I'm also extremely motivated. Yet, yeah, yes. I, I mean, terrible is a strong word, though. Like these are not. That's a strong word. Yeah, terrible, terrible is a would word. be how I would describe yeah. someone who, you know, had their partner die or even a parent. Yeah, I mean that there's and so all this stuff here. Maybe is, we should is, do the like meh. That. So anyway, thanks for asking, podcast. Meh, meh is probably about, yeah, a that, better that also, meh. term to describe my current mental state. Meh. Meh. State. Meh. Meh. Nah, I can't even get that down. Um, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I have a pretty good... I mean, I, I... I have to really have a disaster before I'm meh, even. 
before you're mad terrible. So, yeah. but anyway, there is that. So, I mean, if any of you guys are terrible or any you want to feel terrible with other people, yeah. or if you happen to want to be emphatic, you can listen to this show and you'll more than likely cry. Speaking, yeah. um, I'm not Speaking sure that I would. I don't think that there's I, a cool show out there called yes. The Lonely Hour, which is um, different people talking about being lonely and the different aspects of loneliness and talking about different times they were lonely. And like, it's a new client. I always seem to talk about my new clients because I'm always fascinated by what the hell they're talking about. And um, it was yeah. really fun and interesting to come up with potential sponsors for the lonely hour because like I was, they were like, well, you know, it focuses on loneliness and depression. And I was like, I would give my left arm for an hour's worth of lonely. <laughs> like I would kill someone. I would do oh anything to be left alone for an hour. I don't even nice. know what loneliness feels like. I've had children since I was 22. Who the fuck knows what it's like to be lonely? Not me. And he was like, well, that's an interesting point of view. And I was like, are there any sponsors out there that celebrate the hell out of being by yourself? Let's call those people. But anyway, it's an it's another tearjerker. And actually, they're they're a uh, a little network. They also have something called the Memory Motel and a new show, um, which is, you know, similar to the Lonely Hour, but it's about memory and memories special or no. And then another show called um, a new one called What's Happening Here, which is similar to the one that you were discussing um, uh, in the garage. But basically it centers around um, immigrant high school kids who are preparing for graduation and having to do a personal essay in English as a second language. And so the whole season is about oh. this one day, this one assignment of having to do an English personal essay. And basically the whole season is interviewing the different high school students about their experience. And then the next season That's will awesome. be about something totally different. What's happening here. It's kind of a, yeah, it's a cool, totally it's a very cool dig that. But yeah, but terrible things for love asking. That. I'm getting a little deep. I better, I got to roll up my pants. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit of deep. I'm not sure that I would choose that. Like for me, sometimes, you know, podcasting, when I listen, it's a little bit of an escapist thing for me, unless I want to learn something specific, you know, unless I'm like, oh, I want to learn how to do this, or I want to learn more information about that. Then that's like, it's more like, hey, you know, like studying. But usually when I listen, the majority, I would say about 85, 90% of the time, I'm listening not to. I was just going to say, um, <laughs> I like to avoid it's things like, that make me sad I because I tend to be <laughs> um, annoying. I can be annoyingly empathetic and I'll just think about it all day. Yes. And we'll see with me. I'm annoyingly. Uh, I don't know if. Uh, how do you say it when you like. Is it. it, it I guess it is emphatic. It, not emphatic. Yeah. You um, take empathic. on the people's feelings. Because yes. I feel it. I take. Yes, I do. And I cannot deal with that. Like the first few years. Like um, my parents uh, didn't really allow me to watch. uh anything that wasn't a PG-13 movie for many years. And of course, because I was who I was, I didn't. Even when I was like, you know what I mean? So I, I watched like a PG-13. I thought you were going to say you did. No, I didn't. And so I really didn't watch anything that was like rated R until I was in my, uh, after I was 18, around 18, 19, 20 years old. So some of the first movies, like one of the first movies that, that, that shook me to my core to such a degree that I could barely get myself together was Dances with Wolves. It. Because I had never seen, I had never seen anything. Oh, or, and and Roots, not Roots. Can't sorry. watch Roots. What was the other one? Oh my God, there was another never one. Watch Roots. Uh, not not Roots. It was the um, gosh darn it. There was another Civil War one that came out uh, around the when I was at that age, probably like late eighties, early nineties. There was another one, but I forgot what it's called. But anyway, Glory. Oh my God, I can't watch Glory. movies about people being the movie tortured Glory. and sad for this exact reason. 
so anyway, that yeah, that was the first time. Glory was the first time that I had seen any kind of violence like that in front of me, and I was, I was so, I couldn't get myself together for day. I couldn't handle it, Jess. So and even and dances again. It was so impactful for me. And to such a degree that I, I, I was a sobbing, like <gasps> compulsion, like I could not even get a breath in. So I, well, that's I'm why not I that like severe, so but Sopranos was a pretty business. depressing, I am sad, severe. many, 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 many I episodes. Never was some were funny, that. but most of them were depressing and sad. I watch it right before bed and then go to sleep and dream that I was oh in it God. the whole night. <gasps> that I was in it, that I was, I mean, and I was yeah, different I characters. Deal. Sometimes I was Michael. Sometimes I was Adriana. Sometimes I was, you know, like just like a guest at parties, but like it really like messed with my head in such a weird way. I was so glad when it got canceled. Can't even tell you. Oh my God. Oh, well, I can't yeah, watch. I don't think like I, yeah, I, I did. I didn't really watch that. No. So then anyway, that was not, it's going to not but, be a good podcast. But anyway, no! let's, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. La la la, happiness. So if you want to see, like, just just put up a conversation that we had via text on our Patreon. If you want to see it, we're not going to talk about it because it's funny. Yeah. It's only funny. And we're going to start putting it. more random stuff putting up like that, like just like little that. exchanges between us or photos yeah. of our day. Or I just want to start posting some fun stuff on there. Yeah. More stuff that's like, yes, just and there's going to be other stuff yeah. too. That's going to be more. You can only get it um, if you, you are know, not like a paying supporter, for. You're not right. Uh. A, a supporter of She Podcast. That's right. So uh, patreon.com slash She Podcast. Go check it out. A dollar a month would be oh, amazing for all of us. And, and to those of um, you who have already done so, thank you so much. We are yes. starting to see. Yes. I'm making a list on my bullet patrons, journal. Of the patrons? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. They're going to have a special page. On you know, maybe if journal. we offered something like, you know, there's people out there who podcast and like for X amount per month, they get a mention on the show. And just from our own editor, John, having us talk about his business was so full of clients. You could barely see straight. Maybe we could just see how many people we could just mention at the end for X amount of dollars. We should talk about that. Well, I think that, well, well, we'll see because I think everybody, yeah, absolutely. And if with the podcasters, I mean, you know, Sarah Williams from Tough Girl, uh, mm-hmm. challenges.com. She's getting another yes, mention because you, she's Sarah. amazing and she keeps she's on so pushing good. our patron and she keeps on coming up. And it's like just for you to have, for us to have you, you to have us mind. And plus, again, the way that you find out. Yeah, the, the 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 other way that um, most people find podcasts is by other podcasts, and that is um, proven. And even the big guns know about that because they cross promote with each other. So we are we love we, you. We also, love I just want to tell you, we, love you we are and now we will at twenty nine dollars a month with our patrons. So, um, woohoo! Yes, we are. How much do I have to pay Nothing. to get a mention. mention? How much is that now? How much do I have to pay? Nothing. You'll always, always. have a mention, John. Bikini. Always. We but for the rest of you, always cough it up. Audio. I know. Cough it up. AudioEditingSolutions.com, guys. $29 a month, which don't forget, we split between us. So it's $14.50 for each of us. So thank you. <laughs> All it takes is $1, listeners. $1 awesome. a month. Uh, thank you guys so much $1. for listening. You can find okay. us everywhere at ShePodcast.com, Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, and our website. That's it for today. Goodbye. Right? Yeah, baby. Goodbye. Love you. Yes, it. goodbye. Bye. Love you.
Yeah, <laughs> yeah,